listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, Colorado Springs, Chris Lopez here, and today's podcast is going to focus on exploring the corporate housing or medium-term rental market down in Colorado Springs. My co-host, Jenny Bayless, has a great case study and a great guest to dive in this topic. Jenny, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How's it going? Really good. I'm excited for this topic because about two weeks ago, you crossed paths with our guest and you texted me, hey, I'm a few minutes late for our weekly meeting. And then but I'm really excited. I got something cool to tell you. And then we hopped in our meeting and then you're telling me about our guest you met and some numbers uh, that she's seen her corporate rentals. So I am very excited to dive into this because I got, I got a taste of it and I want the details. <laughs> Yeah, so we have Diana Tapia with us today. How are you doing, Diana? Absolutely wonderful. How are you, Jenny? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on today. We're super excited to have you on, and we're just going to, you know, just ask you a million questions and really just get to the, you know, the heart of corporate rentals. Absolutely. Bring it on. What you got for me today? (laughs) So yeah, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, your investment background, and then how you managed to pivot into this niche? Absolutely. So first, I want to start a little bit about me. It's really, I love helping people. Actually, when I say people, it's investors make money. And um, because that's what I I like to do. And so how I got into this... um, to this little niche is I had a dream and that dream was that I wanted to go live overseas for two years and not work and have some type of income that would support me doing my volunteer work and traveling South America. And so about 2016, um, and before that, but at 2016, I had, I had a little four port a fourplex up in, um, North Colorado Springs. And I was doing VRBOs at the time, one of them. And, um, it was very hard work and it was not um, sustaining for my long-term goals. So then I started looking into other alternatives and thinking like, there has to be a market for where there's long-term rentals and it offers kind of what the Airbnb home away from home experience was. And um, I used to work as a apartment manager back like 30 years ago, and there was a huge need for um, military housing before they went on housing. And so I kind of shopped around and um, in 2016, that was still a huge need. And FYI, it's still a huge need today. That problem (laughs) has been solved. But what's really neat about really kind of how I went, even got into this is um, when my leases, when my tenant, her lease came up, she had been with me for seven years. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this as a corporate rental. And I'm sharing this because there may be maybe some individuals who may be like, why would I want to trade in a long-term rental for a corporate rental when your stay could probably be only one month, two months, three months or or whatnot. And so I was charging for a two bedroom, one bath, 750 square feet. I was charging $650. And um, I turned around and said, okay, I'm going to charge $1,600. And um, I hyperventilated and I almost died, but I gave her a third <laughs> of non-renewal. And, um, and I got the renter in. I saw, so I got the renter in, um, I found a military family that would pay me $1,600. And I was like, okay, I think I'm onto something. Um, and so how, sorry, really how helped. long was the lease for when they, they, they paid it? Was that for a month, two months, three months? How long was it for? No, three months, three months. Wow. Okay. 
it, it was a three month stay. And, um, and that is how I got into, um, corporate housing. And because with corporate housing, you do less, you do less work than you do with, um, an Airbnb and, um, and it's just those consistent returns. And so I was looking for something that I wouldn't have to work, even if I managed it from overseas and still brought that income in on a consistent basis. So can you, for our listeners, can you define and kind of give some pros and cons about what exactly me is a short-term rental versus a medium-term rental and just kind of like what it takes for to perform on both? Like everyone knows what Airbnb is, but what is the definition of a medium or corporate-term rental versus a short-term rental? So, and I just want to clarify this, with a short-term rental, are you talking about in corporate housing or like the Airbnb model? Just an Airbnb model. Like you, you that's oh. what you started, like how, that's everything 30 days or less, right? That's kind of the yeah the marker for it yeah okay yeah and how much like i'm curious when you're running that how much how much work was that taking you to do the airbnb out of your fourplex um i was so at the time i was doing check-ins every two to three days so i was doing from two to three check-ins a week and i was managing it myself um and there's a there's more what i noticed that there's more wear and tear with your property because you're having just gas check-in, gas check-out. Yeah. And especially if you're doing the work, it is hard work. And I commend all Airbnb that are, you know, managing their own properties because that's hard work. <laughs> so, but back to your question is the difference between the medium-term rentals and those short-term rentals is that medium-term rentals minimum is a 30-day stay, minimum. And it can go into, the average is three months. And then, of course, the sweet spot, right, where you get that year. And and I want to just throw this out there because it is a possibility and, and it does happen. And um, from the time I opened up my rental to today, I've had one guest stay with me for like, he's going almost on four years as a corporate rental. Wow. Pay, paying the monthly so, corporate rental rate? Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, you know, all desire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the average is three months. <laughs> okay. So I, I noticed that you touched on something that I think will probably get a lot of people's interest. And you mentioned that this is 30 days or more, and we're seeing a lot of legislation come down in Colorado, specifically even Colorado Springs in, in recent history, um, that really restricted that 30 day or less, um, stay window, um, to, to having, you know, different zoning requirements and licensing and all that stuff. Um, it seems as if the corporate rental model kind of flies beneath the radar of those restrictions. Um, do you know of any restrictions that the corporate rental model would have that, uh, different than a long-term rental model? You know, I have not come across any yet, not to say that that doesn't exist or may not come in the future, but as of right now, no, because anything um, 30 days or more is considered a long-term rental. Great. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's a really good opportunity that you've tapped into on that. So Jenny, I've got like 20 questions for Diana, but I know you have a list of questions too, so I don't want to talk <laughs> over you. If you got okay. it, I know how you want to steer the conversation. <laughs> I do have a few. So yeah. Diana, would you mind telling us about the types of services that, that you offer to your landlord clients? Um, because that was one of the things that we spoke about originally. And I'm like, wow, this is, 
this is really fascinating that you have honed in on what you do best and you're able to help other investors by offering those services to them. Absolutely. And I want to just share a little bit of my background, which I didn't introduce in the in the beginning because it applies now. And that's really like the secret sauce to my success. And what I mean by that is that when I went and did my um, my corporate rental, I went and looked to see like where can people find me? And you know, where can I advertise my my now corporate rental? And so there was a couple of companies out there and they all have offer amazing um, services, but they didn't offer what I was looking for. And when I was looking on their on their sites, um, and even today, it's not just there. On most sites, you'll see that there's amazing properties. And then sometimes you see some properties that you're like, who would rent that space? Or, you know, why is that space sitting vacant? And then I was coming with my little two-bedroom, one-bath. It was an older property. You know, it didn't compare to some of these gorgeous properties that were that they had. And so I'm like, well, what's to ensure that my property will always be booked? And I'm like, well, really, the only person that can ensure that is me because, um, I mean, I'll go above and beyond just to get my, you know, to make it happen. And then putting myself in the guest place, you know, um, what is it that they're looking for and how can I replicate this no matter how many times I do it. And so I came at it from a very different um, perspective and I kind of combined that um, Airbnb home away from home feeling. And then of course, you know, the long-term rental offerings, but then the icing on the cake. And if that's where I over deliver and, um, and that's what my business model is based on is that hospitality from the moment that clients interact with us to the moment that they check out. And of course, when they are in their property that they're renting, they're just blown away by the whole experience and how we set it up so systematically um, that, you know, we, we evaluate our properties and then we look at it just from a different lens and we put those lens of if that guest was coming in, what would they expect? Mm. And so um, I went and just created that on, on my website and I put my, my properties on there. And while I was in Colombia, I started having people reaching out to me and like, Hey, can I advertise my property on your website? And I was like, um, sure. <laughs> and so when I did that, then I, you know, basically had to hone in on how I created my websites to replicate that, to offer that to um, whoever came on board. And so that's kind of my model of how I created my business is whoever I decide that I want to work with and choose to work with, we bring our properties in a very systematic approach that um, make sure that all areas are covered to ensure that the investor who's you know purchasing this property, that he's getting that rate of return and that his property is also booked and desirable um, to everyone. Yeah. And would you mind kind of elaborating on uh, your advertising service that you offer? And then I know you have a consulting service. Like, you know, if, if I were to enter the corporate rental space, I don't have any idea of what type of furniture or items that someone needs. And I think that that's a really valuable uh, expertise that you're able to bring to people. Yeah. So the services that we provide, um, we provide two services and under those services, we have the, of course, the consulting, the consulting is, um, Hey, I have a property, you know, can, 
um, will it be a good fit for your portfolio? And so I, we basically, if that's a yes, you know, and we get your property and we're like, absolutely, we'd love to have you um, be, you know, part of our portfolio, then we provide the support services. And what that looks like is um, we have, um, now my brain's going, give me a minute here. Okay. So we have the, sort of, the of course, the advertising. So we advertise it for you on Dublin Place. Dot us and um we offer that advertisement um for we advertise your property we also provide your everything that you need to get your system up in place we provide um our team that comes in and furnish it for you if you don't want to furnish it for yourself um so we have those services as well and we also have a support team that will help you know assist you um in in your property and we also have our clean team that specializes in five star white glove cleaning that literally with a white glove they go in and clean all of our places so those are just some of the support um services that we have to bring your property on board and i think this would be a a great a great way to help explain the nuances of corporate rentals and explain, you know, how you can help investors as well. And now Jenny, when you first connected with Diana, I think it was the townhome, that new built townhome you bought end of last year, beginning of this year, uh, down the Springs, um, you had put together analysis comparing like the long-term rentals versus a corporate rental. So I think it'd be fascinating to compare those since you you are in like, you know, what, five or six months of a long-term rental and, and you know those numbers, but mm-hmm. you have options on the corporate rental. And then we can talk about, hey, what would it take if you're like, ooh, hey, these numbers look good enough and my tenant's moving out. Let's, let's hit the go <laughs> button and transition over and actually talk about the mechanics of it. Because I'm super curious about what that looks like. I understand the concept of it, but when it comes to like the transition and all that setup, stuff i would love to kind of put in that type of context yeah absolutely let's so, let's do it i'm going to share my screen for everyone that's listening so we will talk these numbers and the spreadsheets will be on uh the video and also the blog post notes if you guys can't find this email me or jenny we can pop you a link that way so on the left hand side of the screen is the long-term rental analysis jenny and just give us a quick overview about where the property is and the rough numbers, and we can dive in the corporate side then. Yeah, so this is the same exact townhome that I had uh, spoken about earlier this year that we purchased um, as a long-term rental. So same exact numbers. We can, you know, you can reference that that specific episode for for the details of it. But long story short, we bought it for uh, two hundred forty-nine thousand. Uh, we put. A little less than than eight k uh, for closing costs, all in at seventy thousand dollars. We got a mortgage interest rate at three point one two five, and so this is where things start to get a little uh, divergent between the two models and a little bit interesting. So, you know, I thought that we were hot stuff when we got seventeen hundred a month for for this rental property. I thought that was fantastic. Um, Chris, would you prefer that I go kind of side by side or one and then go to the other model? Um, I don't care. I mean, maybe okay. side by side. I think that'd be the easiest for people to follow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like if we back up a little bit um, for the corporate rental piece of it, there is one additional upfront cost and that that's going to be, and I just categorized it as initial repair costs, but that's going to be your furniture costs. And uh, Diana had uh, spoken to me earlier, and it ranges between thirteen and, and sixteen thousand dollars for um, to furnish 
the, the property. So that is going to be an upfront cost that you'd have to consider. So, so on that end, oh, go ahead. I want this is where I really want to get like tactical, Dennis. So this is a uh, the townhome Jenny has, you know, typical townhome that approximate sixteen thousand dollars. Like, what all type of furniture you buying? Is that like can in canvas the lay of the land? Is like what all is going in the house? How you know, and like the the quality of the furnishings as well. Yes. Absolutely. So it, it really is everything that you need, linens, towels, um, definitely um, quality. You want your items to last for a while, a long time. And so it includes everything that you possibly need. That includes actually a stager coming in and doing it for you. So you don't have to do it. That includes your pictures. Um, and that includes even our services along the way that we provide to make sure that you have um, an executive rental by the time you are done. Okay. So if Jenny says, Hey, Diana, go button, you know, here's the contract. I approve this amount or whatever it is. This is everything from like beds and dressers and TVs and couches to numerous sets of linens and dishes and, and silverware. And then plus you are kind of quarterbacking everything or your company's quarterbacking everything and help get it all in place. Like how much work is Jenny having to do as an investor? <laughs> it, you know what all she has to do is sign a paper and pay over um <laughs> you know we'll take it over from there and so what's really beautiful that you can even choose to do it yourself and then that changes just a little bit how we do things just because we are now working with you um and so that pace looks very different on bringing properties on board than we when you actually just say hey listen i'm gonna let you take care of it and we bring those properties on board and it's not a problem it's just very effective and a seamless um, way of doing things. Okay, great. So to recap all this, so on the long-term rental, Jenny will be about $70,000 all in. As a medium-term rental, she'll be an additional $16,000 all in or about 86,000 total. Now, since this is an existing property, you know the financing is the same. This is both at three and one-eighth. But now the rental income, <laughs> you ladies have down here $2,900 a month for the corporate rental. Um, versus sixteen ninety five for the long term rental. So twenty nine hundred dollars a month is that? Uh, I mean, how can you prove that number? Is that you know? How do you come up with that number? So the way we come up with that number is that's what our current um, three bedrooms are going for, and they're actually going for three thousand, um, and they range anywhere from twenty eight hundred to three thousand. And there's other factors to consider, but that's what our rate is at Dublin Place right now. Okay. So great. So $29, that makes sense. That is proven. So that is fantastic. <laughs> On the long-term rental, Jenny has that 3% for long-term and the vacancy for the corporate rental is at 8%, which is approximately about one month a year. What's your typical occupancy or vacancy like? So um, I'm going to say zero to two months. And my explanation behind that is in the four years I've been doing this, I've had some properties that have had zero vacancy in four years. Um, and I've had others that may have had one month or two months um, vacancy. So it really depends on okay. the property, um, what it's doing at that time or what's going on versus a guaranteed you're going to be vacant one month or you're not going to have any vacancy. Okay. And so that is perfect. So I mean, splitting the difference at one month is very good underwriting. So we'll keep the appreciation rent increases simple and 3%, 5% like we often do. Now, property management, Jenny, you're, you're a self-managing landlord 
And mm-hmm. on this spreadsheet, you have put in Nota Property Management. So what does that mean? Does that mean, what are you doing, Jenny? And I'd like to kind of put in there versus like if Diana's running, because I'm assuming there's some optionality on here. Yeah, so Diana and I had a, a really good conversation the other day regarding property management. And basically, she summarized to me the, the types of services that they offer in that they do not touch financial and legal implications. They do not touch the money. They do not touch the, the leases. And correct me wrong if I'm wrong, Diana. But um, she said, we will not touch any of that stuff. And that's the onus is on the, the landlord to do that. However, um, down at the bottom, I have the personal property assistant. And that's what her team offers. Um, in addition, I also annualize their advertising um, costs as well within, the, within that figure. Um, but that person is going to be the one who's really quarterbacking the hands-on aspect to running this business. Okay. And in that additional expenses, you have it at $432 for the year. Is that for, oh yeah, for the month. Okay. So we need to annualize that then. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So if I just take this and multiply it 12, will that get us there? Yeah. All right. Okay, so about about $5,000 a year to to run it. So yeah. going back up here before we jump down into it, um month, you know, so property management no to both um on the spreadsheet, but then for all the servers to help get it rented and run it, both someone calls in and says, "Hey, uh, the sink is leaking or this got replaced." Who is taking that phone call? Is who's who's handling that work order? Is that Jenny or is that your company, Diana? Yes. So I have partnered up with um, some amazing people who offer their services. So when when you look at my company, I take care of the advertising and Mm -hmm. and that's what I specialize in. And then, of course, I connect um, investors with, with those people that provide those services. But they're the ones that provide that. They do the coordinating of your property so you don't have to. So when it comes to, like you said, you know, the lake toilet or the, um, check-in checkouts or replacing items that are needed along the way and ensuring that that guest, um, doesn't, you know, whatever issue may come up may be addressed that's coordinated. And that's additional support. If you need it, you can choose to do it yourself or you can, um, hire one of our uh, professionals. Okay. So going on down, this property does have an HOA. a month, and we're underwriting a 5% monthly reserves and repairs maintenance. Mm -hmm. Taxes are $1,200. That's that's the same across the both. Insurance is $700 uh, both. So, Dana, if Jenny switches from long-term to corporate, does she need a different type of insurance policy? You know, that's a good question. A lot of um, prop or a lot of... um, Insurance policies nowadays um, have a coverage on there for this type of rental just because it seems to be more of the norm than before. However, I do highly recommend that for anyone that's choosing to do this to consider their options and what their company covers because there are companies that specifically just specialize in corporate um, rentals. And there are also your current, your current insurance carrier that will add that clause in there and cover your, any rental loss income, um, anything that may come up. And so it's really the homework of the um, investor to 
to call in contact and see if they're clearing coverage that they were considering or have um, coverage that those incidentals. Yeah, absolutely. So always a, as a disclaimer in there, talk to your property insurance agent. Um, but generally speaking, you're not seeing like a huge difference in, in property insurance costs, but when people switch to medium term rental, about the same or a couple dollars difference. Is that a fair ballpark? Yes, I'm going okay. to say, um, and you know what, I don't really know what the average is, but it's not a big significant. I mean, when you look at the income that you're bringing in for your property, you know, it, it covers if okay. there is. Yeah. Perfect. And then Jenny, you have $160 down here for water and sewer. Yeah, let's annualize that. As I say, there's no quick. way water's yeah. that cheap down there, right? <laughs> so I tried to lump everything in. So that's 160 for all um, utilities combined. Okay, so just under $2,000 a year for mm-hmm. uh, gas, electric, water, sewer. And then, and then 65 uh, annualized for, for internet. Okay. And then internet on top that will analyze that. All right. So about $800 a year for internet. And of course, all these other expenses on the long-term rental are not paid mm-hmm. or not, are not paid by the landlord or paid by the tenant. If I can finish my thought there. So switching over to the cash flow tab. And before I do, you know, before we like <laughs> reveal the curtain, is there anything you want to point out, Judy, before I jump the gun? I don't think so. All right. We'll have a virtual drum roll here because I'm really curious to see these numbers. Um, so we won't switch over to medium term rental first. We'll have some suspense, a little bit of suspense <laughs> here. So for the long term rental, um, with all those numbers we talked about, after you take rental minus vacancy minus expenses minus mortgage payments, we're at about fifty eight hundred dollars a year in cash flow before taxes. So still a pretty darn good number. Now yeah. on the corporate rental side we are seeing about almost $10,000 a year, about 9,500, so almost twice the amount. So almost double the cash flow. It's wild, right? Yeah, that is very wild. (laughs) Because I mean, I thought we were doing quite well with this townhome. And then when I was introduced to this concept, I'm like, wow, that's amazing to think that you could just optimize and and extract that much more cash flow on, on the same exact property. Yeah. All right. Now, appreciation, debt pay down, tax benefits, all that stays the same because no matter how the property mm-hmm. is, you know, maintained, whether Jenny lives there or her long term tenant or her land a medium term rental it out, it appreciates the same. The mortgage payments the same and the tax benefits are the same. Well, not if Jenny lives there, but the tax benefits are the same <laughs> for the rentals because it's a business asset. Um, so when you see these numbers, Jenny, what is your reaction as an investor? And also as a former CPA. And it's just, you know, my, my initial thought is I'm doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best way to summarize it. So from like now going fast forward, we kind of got the idea for what it takes to set it up. And that's something that, you know, your company, Dana, can sounds like have white glove service. Just say a few phone calls, emails, you know, here's payment method, take care of it. Now, over like a year or, you know, over like a year to a couple years time frame, what would like Jenny's involvement be on managing and running the property? Oh, so her involvement would be, um, we have a portal that um, clients use to make their reservations. And so everything is automated. Um, and so I think for her, it'd be making sure that that deposit was refunded when the gas checked out and then um, 
and then paying the bills for anything that may come up. <laughs> okay. So it's it, so Jenny will be managing some basic financials of the de- refunding deposits back to the guest. Correct. Okay. And that's something I'm assuming that as your team checks the property, you say, Hey, everything's good. Or how does she know to refund it or to keep it? Yeah. So when our cleaners come in, we have a checklist. And so, um, as you know, as we clean it, we submit like, Hey, by the way, it's slightly low, this is missing, or this needs to be replaced, or we provide that information to her. And so when she has that information, we, which we do, we turn over fairly quickly it within days of that guest checking out. Um, and then she would just proceed to, you know, um, make any deductions if needed or refund the whole, um, deposit as needed. Okay. So, I mean, if the average tenant stay is three months or right around there, if you're having to manage uh, deposit returns three or four or five times a year, Jenny, <laughs> I can do that to make an extra four thousand, five thousand bucks a year. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think I could manage to squeeze that one out too. <laughs> still, still a pretty good hourly rate there on that difference yeah. for you. Okay, so beyond that, are, are there any other significant um, time commitments that Jenny or a similar investor would need to be considerate of or aware of? Time commitments, and can you clarify? As in, um, when if they're managing it themselves, or not sure if I'm clearing the question. Uh, I'll let you. In this scenario that Jenny has, where she has, you know, she she's paying paying you to help, you know, advertise her property and run as a mean-term rental, but she doesn't have like a property manager. She's self-managing it because that is what you know. Jenny's a big self-manager. Um, what are all just the things that she needs to expect as an investor looking to do this? Because all of our investors, and let me, I'll reword this question too, because a lot of our investors, you know, they are looking for that, that kind of sweet spot of, hey, I'm willing to do a little bit more work to make more income, but I want to do a whole bunch of work like a short-term rental for a little bit more income. So that's what I'm asking more from that peace of mind of like, hey, how much extra time will Jenny be putting into this property to see if the juice is worth the squeeze? Man, that is such a good question. Um, corporate rentals do not um, require that much time, you know, and especially if you are hiring our support team to take care of those things that you don't want to take care of, then how much really work is there? Okay. Um, so, you know, you're having people stay in your property three months, six months, eight months. And other than a maintenance issues with that would actually come up even in a long-term rental yep. and you would probably care of that. Is there a difference? There really isn't much of a difference. Okay. Would you guys invoice me? Like if a, you know, a faucet was leaking and a personal property assistant went over and sent over a plumber, you know, they took care of the issue. Would you guys then invoice me or would I have to somehow coordinate with that plumber that went over or how, how would that work? Yes. Yeah, so you would get a friendly um, invoice in your email box from the contract. <laughs> okay. So you guys would arrange the, the contact between myself and, and the contractor. Correct. And okay. we could that is, you know, your desire and, and, and then just the invoice. Um, and you'd have the information beforehand. So, you know, what's going on and you can make a decision. Well, you know, this is what I want to do. And then we would do the coordination, you know, scheduling that and uh, making sure that that happened in place. And then of course that your invoice is delivered for you to pay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this sounds, I mean, I mean, <laughs> really great. Cause it doesn't sound like it's going to be much more work if any more work than just doing a, you know, managing a, a normal long-term rental. It actually seems like less work in a way because 
Um, you know, one of, one of the things that I dislike most about managing my own rentals is making that phone call and following up with the, uh, you know, particular tradesperson. So if someone else is doing that on my behalf and all I need to do is write the check, that's way easier to me, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Good point. Okay. So this is looking really, really attractive. All right. So we got about, about 10 minutes left on this podcast and I know I kind of took us down the spreadsheet route and Jenny, what other questions or topics do you want to cover? Okay. So I really only have two main questions. Um, so the first one would be who are your, who are your corporate renters? Are they, you know, you mentioned military earlier, uh, nurses have a pretty large presence in Colorado Springs, people in transition. I know we've talked about that. You know, if you had to do just a ballpark estimate as to the composition of your tenant pool, well, how would you define that? Yes. Yeah, so I, I love, this is a good question because who doesn't want to know the answer to that question? And I'll tell you, um, and I'll throw a number out there for you so you have an idea just what type of clients are um, staying at Dublin Place, but the average um, income is $260,000 a year. Um, of our clients that are coming. And so what type of client does that look like? You have your medical professionals. You have actually a, a lot of the um, traffic that we get is also from the real estate market, which, you know, you have buy-ins, buyers and sellers. And so they're needing that place and in there. We also have, you know, companies like, for example, you know, uh, Lockheed Martin. Um, you know, you have just different companies that are having employees, a lot of, res um, what is it? A res hmm. And development, research and development companies as well um, coming. So it really, the question is who, really, who doesn't need corporate housing like these days? And, um, and so we have an array of clients that come to us. But if you look at the numbers, you know, the operating is about 260000 a year that they're bringing in. So it's a good um, high-end quality client that we're attracting. Great. And then my last question, and then it's all... I'll turn it over to Chris for, for his questions, but um, what makes the best type of corporate rental um, in terms of if there's a particular part of town, if there's a particular type of property, condo, townhome, single family, uh, something with a yard, like what would you describe as basically the ideal model for uh, an optimal corporate rental? Okay. So I I'm a little bit biased on it because that's how I started. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but um, I'm going to say that the sweet spot for anyone out there considering this, any investor consider this, my the formula that I like to base my number is because it's a good rate of return is the smaller the square footage, the more money you will make, right? Because, and, I'll, and I, I'll use an example. I have a two bedroom, one bath, 750 square feet condo. And then I have a, Oh, we were, but I'll, anyways, a two bedroom, maybe about 12, okay. 1500 square foot, one's 20, 27. But if you divide the square footage by how much you're bringing in, the numbers will blow you away. So I don't, I personally, I think my biggest property on my website's maybe 1500, 1600, maybe max. I really try to stay away from um, just big homes just because I'm always thinking of that ROI, that rate of return. And so, you know, it's less to furnish, it's less just less space to fill, um, less, less everything. And so if it's a lot of less of here, that means it's a lot of more for you on the other side. And so, 
I love townhomes. I love townhomes. The townhomes I think are the sweet spot between an apartment and then a home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so I think, uh, townhomes, they do really well. North end, um, I mean, the majority, I'm starting to branch out into other areas, but I would say maybe 90% of my properties are located in the north end of Springs. And I will say that downtown is definitely hot too. So, um, but you know, north end is what I've seen and um, definitely townhomes. And then like, again, the smaller the square footage, I mean, you don't want to offer like a little tuna um, either, you know, because people do come, if they're staying long-term, they do want that space. They do want that home away from home feeling, but I would say townhomes, I think are a great deal. Makes sense. So I've got all my questions answered. Um, Dana, what's a great way for people to learn more about you and contact you if they want to learn more about your services? Yes, it's very easy. You can reach out to me at dublinplace.us. Um, that's my website. You'll see my friendly face there. And there's a little contact button. If you just submit your information, I will be personally reach out to you and connect with you. Great. So we'll put that in the show notes on there. And then, yeah, for all our listeners out there, you know, as everyone knows, you know, the market is staying really, really strong. Cap rates and numbers are all getting compressed. So we are actually looking for other ways to just increase cash flow, make the properties better performing. And this corporate term rental is a great model to look at. So if you have any desire to go out there and start investing in these properties, please reach out to Jenny. You know, if you're down in the Springs, she can help you find the property and quarterback all the services with Diana as well. Hopefully get the whole team in place to do it. Uh, but we'd love to help you find a property and I'm sure Diana would love to help you rent it out successfully as well. So Jenny, Diana, thank you ladies for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Bye everyone. So we'll see you next week.